Welcome back to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast, and I'm your host, Craig Ansell. We're jumping into episode 53, and we're glad to have you with us. You know, I was looking over my bookshelf, my vast library of books. I'd say 90, maybe 95% of them I've read through, and some even twice because I've enjoyed the content so much. But I started to realize a constant theme of the books that I have. And I pose a question to you. Why are there so many books on leadership? Welcome back to episode 53 of the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. I started the intro with a question to you. Why are there so many books on leadership? I really should have asked, why do we buy so many books on leadership? It seems to have a common theme, at least on my bookshelf, in my library, if you will. I think there's so many books on leadership because not only do people have experience with it, but it's where we greatly struggle, maybe one of our most significant struggles in life. And depending on how you take a look at these leadership books, there's so many different tactics and methods, tips and tricks. We can touch base on some of those during the podcast today, but really it all comes down to something key that I've been doing for over 50 episodes I've been sharing with you, and it's all about communication. If we can't communicate at the basic levels to effectively get our message across or understand someone's message, we're in trouble, big trouble. So, thinking about leadership, what comes to mind when you think of great leaders? There might be some people involved in wars, maybe some certain presidents, maybe you know someone in your church, maybe someone in your street, your community, maybe someone at your job. Now, when you think of a leader, does that necessarily mean that that person has to have a leadership title? I don't think so. The title comes after the fact. Many people say, you're a born leader. That might be true. There might be some inherent characteristics that come with from your, you know, from your gene pool. But I more believe that soft skills such as leadership come about from training, education, and from real-world implementation. When we learn from our mistakes, and I mean truly learn, we then have the ability to grow. And sometimes, I would guess, at even an exponential level. It's not always just a small incremental change. There can be significant improvements in the way we communicate, and they can even be called step changes, kind of like switching a light bulb on and off. So, back to why are there so many books on leadership? I think it's because there's so many different ways that we can communicate and understand that so many different authors have written different views, different ways to get the point across. Some, as I mentioned earlier, might come from a physical leadership role, such as in the military, the presidency, something of that nature. Others might have been born 
into difficult situations and change their lives. They pivoted, if you will. They didn't want to go back to what they had growing up, being poor or having little to no resources, and they became a leader, not only for themselves, but for others around them. You know, that's something that can really help fuel you. If you have some difficult past or difficult situation in your history that you don't want to see again, and in fact that you would do almost anything to avoid, that can really drive you, really fuel you to new heights and to new levels of performance. And one of those levels can in fact be leadership. Let me take a quick look at some of the books and read some of the titles to you. One of the first books I picked up was called Lynchpin, subtitled Are You Indispensable? It's by best-selling author Seth Godin. On the inside cover, I'm going to read just a couple sentences to illustrate one of my earlier points. There used to be two teams in every workplace, management and labor. Now there's a third team, the linchpins. These people invent, lead, regardless of title, connect others, make things happen, and create order out of chaos. They figure out what to do when there's no rule book. Okay, so stepping back to something I said earlier, maybe you're born a leader, that's possibly true, but you certainly don't need to be promoted into or hired into a management or leadership role to be a leader. It's regardless of title, as I just read out of this book's jacket. So, hopefully that gives you pause. Just stop and think a little bit about how you act. Do you have interest in becoming a leader? Are you already a leader, but maybe not getting the results you'd like to see? Have you achieved some growth in your life, but are still struggling for others? These could all be signs that you're interested in leadership and interested in growth, but you don't know where to turn next. If you go back to several of the other podcast episodes, you'll notice there are some areas that you can grow with such as if you feel weak and tired all the time, you might want to learn how to fuel your body, both physically and mentally. That would be episode 38, Things That Rob Your Energy. Also, What Do You Fuel Your Body With? Episode 39. And then, if you already have strong book smarts, but you're not really connecting the pieces, connecting the communication channels with your staff or your team members you might want to dial in with your emotional intelligence. And that comes out of episode 40. So just give you a handful of episodes there that tell you how you can really work to improve how you communicate with others. Here's an older book by the late author Zig Ziglar, and it was titled See You at the Top. Before I read the inset, let me tell you, this book says it's at its 16th printing Over 1,600,000 copies sold. That's absolutely amazing. Here's a sentence or two to get you thinking about leadership. His groundbreaking book, See You at the Top, revised and updated in his 25th anniversary edition, remains an authentic American classic. 
explaining step by step his time tested formula for individual development and personal success. I think there are some words to ponder as well individual development and personal success. We might think of leadership as leading a team, a crew, a group of people through a difficult situation. But in the words from the inset of the Zig Ziglar book, it's also about your personal development and your personal growth. You can have leadership characteristics working independently and working on projects or tasks. It can set you apart and you can be recognized for those skills. Would you rather assign work to someone and have to check up on them, almost do micromanagement, if you will, giving them step-by-step guidance? Or would you rather pass off an assignment or a group of tasks to someone, come back halfway through the day or at the end of the day or week to check up on them, only to find out that the work's completed or that they're progressing ahead of schedule? I think we would all like to have the latter. Now, it's okay, of course, if you're starting out on a task or project and you do need some guidance. I wouldn't consider helping someone like that micromanagement. The micromanagement part comes in when you consistently hover over them and continue to give them guidance for either fear of their ability to continue and make progress, or they truly do not have the ability to continue and make progress on their own. And you kind of have to hold their hand, if you will, and guide them along every step of the way. Sometimes you might even feel it could just be easier to sit down next to them and do the work for them. In those cases, if those people aren't coachable or aren't trainable, you have to ask yourself, why are they in that position? And is there a better or different position for them? Or potentially, Was it a poor choice when it was time for hiring and that position was filled? In John C. Maxwell's book, Winning with People, it's subtitled, Discover the People Principles that Work for You Every Time. I think we'll find, when I open up the cover, that some of the things I shared with you earlier will align with this book, that leadership is a main focus or leadership has a main focus on communication, right? However, there can be, as I mentioned in earlier episodes, assertive communication, and there can be aggressive style of communication. Assertive is when you take the lead role and you move forward proactively. Now, aggressive can become a little too harsh, a little too loud, if you will, when you communicate. And I would put it this way. Do people see you as an assertive or aggressive leader? The way you can question yourself and look at your history, when you look back at the people and the projects you've worked on, would those same people work with you again? Or do they kind of look away and not be part of your team in the future? This is a little harsh saying, but you get the work done and you leave a trail of bodies behind. Now, I don't mean physical bodies, but mental, emotional bodies. You've worn people out by your loud, aggressive communications. That's what can sometimes be challenging. So, let's take a look at John's book. Many people focus on other talents and abilities first, such as polishing their communication or leadership skills, or taking courses to expand their base of knowledge. But, 
they forget that good relationships are the foundation for achievement. Now, what I'm trying to instill by reading that is, yes, communication is key. Not just how well we listen and how well we respond, but how we respond. The tone, the pitch, the ability to pause, listen, digest, and respond. All those things are critical. If you can communicate well, you may find yourself on a strong path for leadership and growth. That all will come together with networking and building a team. You will naturally build relationships by being a good communicator. And remember, communication is a two-way street. You've got two ears and one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. I also love Stephen R. Covey's book, Principle-Centered Leadership, and the quote on the front of his book. Give a man a fish, and you'll feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish, and you'll feed him for a lifetime. To illustrate that point, let's pop into chapter one of his book, titled, Characteristics of Principle-Centered Leaders. One of the subsections is titled, They Are Continually Learning. Another section they are service-oriented, and one more I'll share, they radiate positive energy. So, just like you listening to this career growth podcast, wanting to grow, leaders also are interested in growth. I'll start to wrap up this episode with a quote by Jean Mausch. You can't lead anyone else further than you have gone yourself. Again, being part of this podcast episode, intending to grow yourself and go beyond your limitations is what's going to set you apart from others and help you on your career growth journey, as well as your next steps into leadership. Once you've achieved new capabilities and new skill sets, you yourself can offer those to others that follow you and you can step up and become an even stronger leader. I'll put links in the show notes to some of the books and quotes that I discussed during today's podcast. This has been Craig Ansell for the Career Growth Made Easy podcast, wishing you peace and health as we enter into summertime. And don't forget, comment, give us some feedback on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can always reach me directly, Craig at CraigAnsell.com. We look forward to hearing from you and possibly putting an episode together to help you if you run into a challenging situation in your personal or professional career growth.